Welcome to Sonoma Ashram's podcast, Sunday Satsang with Babaji. With great love and respect in my heart, I welcome you to this beautiful Sunday morning. <clears throat> let's take a few moments, let's take a few moments to just arrive. So wherever you are, just find a comfortable position. You can keep your spine straight, open your shoulders, and close your eyes. Lighten your mind. Invite that peace, calming, cooling sensation in your eyes. Thinking of a beautiful flower, just relax your facial muscles. Relax your neck, shoulders, spine, Soften the belly and get grounded, grounded. Taste this stillness. Experience this stillness. For a moment, imagine you are the only person, only one, sitting on top of a globe, looking in the vastness in front of you. No one is around you. No one is to be seen, heard, or felt. <clears throat> Let your mind rest in the center of the forehead. As your mind comes to the center of the forehead, you experience little pulsation. Imagine you are seeing with your eyes closed in the vastness in front of you. That vastness could be dark or could be light, doesn't matter. Let your mind rest in the center of the forehead. Your eyes are closed, but you are aware of the vastness in front of you.
if the mind wanders, bring it back to the center of the forehead. Soften your eyes a bit more. Soften your whole body. See how gentle, rhythmic, smooth your breath is. It's just coming and going effortlessly. Scan your body for any unnecessary tension, restlessness. Taking a nice deep breath, just breathe it all out. Rest in that stillness again. Eyes are closed, yet I'm aware of the vastness stretched out in front of me. And slowly we open our eyes. Thank you for taking this time. How beautiful it feels when we separating ourselves from all that's going on around us, even within us, when we become still and invite our mind to be still. The, our ability to be comfortable by ourselves is a wealth. When you do not need anything from outside, You do not need anyone to be around you. Not even thought of anything or anyone. And you are comfortable. This is called a gantadhan, the wealth of being able to be by yourself. It's a wealth. It's not emptiness or it's not a poor me that I have no one around me. If a person is able to be really comfortable by self, it's a wealth. I have seen people 
and particularly during this pandemic, we have seen how restless people became when they were forced to be by, be by themselves. People are going crazy. The day we truly understand that being by ourselves is not that difficult. It's just we need to switch our mind, our expectations, our ideas and concepts of a rich life. When we become still, calm, or when our mind is not agitated or experiencing lack of something, we turn it towards appreciation. Sweetness in our heart arises when we begin to appreciate whatever is around us. When there is sweetness in our heart, there is less agitation. We're not looking for anything more. We're not running around trying to fill our time or It's something that we all can experience. What it takes is look at your ideas or concepts of a rich life. Richness doesn't come from things from outside. They're transient. We have it today, tomorrow it will be gone. That's not a wealth. A wealth that disappears, that keeps coming and going, it's not really a true wealth. The real wealth is that which stays with us. No one can take it away from us. No one. Yogis have experienced much just by sitting in solitude, being content, looking at the world with the eye of appreciation. When the mind is not agitated with things around us, we connect with something much bigger. As we all know, before the modern science, the yogis were able to discover much about astrology, science, even about their own body. In Ayurvedic sciences, just imagine for a moment, in Ayurvedic sciences, yogis were able to count the arteries in their own body without dissecting. They were able to be so still that they could feel the pulsation in each artery and count them. Think about that kind of stillness. When we become still, we connect with something much greater. They were able to study the stars and their position. And so all these things were discovered before we were able to create telescopes. So there is a vast amount of knowledge that can be accessed through stillness and through connection. It is said, the Baba Kinaram says, within the body is the whole universe. 
there are stars, there are planets, there are rivers, the oceans within the body, microcosm, macrocosm. We are all interconnected. We are not just separate little person here. We are interconnected with everything. How beautiful it feels sometimes. You just lie down. Imagine your body to be as vast as you can imagine. Within the body, you begin to see the oceans, the mountains, the stars, the trees. Just this out, we are not only limited to this outline of this body. The analogy that I really like to give, imagine for a moment, you're laying down or sitting comfortably. You have a little pitcher, little glass, a little something filled with water. And this is being placed in the bottom of the ocean. Ocean is vast. This little pitcher filled with water is put placed in the bottom of the ocean. There is water within, there is water all around it. It's separated by just a little, little wall, which is open. Same is our life force. This life force, prana that we call, is within us and all around us. We are not just the body, because even after we take the last breath, when the prana leaves the body, that body becomes useless. Our relatives take the body and bury it or burn it or whatever they want to do with it. So we are not just the body. There is something that dwells within the body. That is called prana, which is within us and all around us. So by being still, stilling our mind, saving ourselves from all kinds of agitations. We connect the pran within and the pran outside. And that's what keeps coming and going with each breath. Each breath. Breath is not just a little oxygen our body needs to function. Saturated within the breath, comes that life force. And when the breath comes in, that life force is absorbed within our body, goes to every single cell of our body, makes it alive. Even sitting with that thought, what, what do we think about when we lie down? We're thinking about politics, we're thinking about the war, we're thinking about the problems of the world, but this mystery that's happening with each breath, do we ever sit with it? It's there, it's happening, but our mind is somewhere else. When we bring the mind to this, because if this one ends, all the drama that we think about, all the problems that we think about, it will all go away. this miracle that's happening with each breath. Staying with this, staying in the remembrance of this, in appreciation of this. Then we are not feeling alone or lonely. Baba was sitting alone one time, lost in his own thoughts or just with his eyes closed. Someone came, oh Baba, I saw you by yourself alone, so I came to say hi. Baba said, no brother, I wasn't alone. Now I have become alone <laughs> because you are here. <laughs> so being able to be by ourselves, there is so much to discover. That's what yogis call about self-discovery. Self-discovery. And it begins with appreciation. 
if there is agitation in our heart, irritation in our mind, it becomes very difficult. And this is why we talk about meditations and prayers. Separate yourself from it all. This drama that we occupy our mind with so much all the time, it's real only because we make it so. There is a whole other aspect of life that our mind never goes to. The mystery. There's always we can have more. There's always we can experience more, do more, eat more, see more, hear more, all those things. There is no end to that. When our mind goes to what is and stays with it, we see the beauty. Just even walking on the grass, we're trampling on the grass never think about it but if we just stop and begin to look at just one little patch of grass from that little one patch we begin to look at one blade of grass we begin to see the beauty in that one blade of grass it's there but our mind, we never take time for it. Taking the time, if we take time for anything, then it begins to open up to ourselves. Then we begin to see the beauty, the mystery. Even in the tiniest thing in this creation. There is a beautiful saying, in Hindi, God resides in every single particle of the universe. God does not reside just in big cathedrals and temples and mosques and churches. God resides in every single particle. That energy, divine energy, is in everything provided we are able to connect with it. There is so much emphasis in our uh, teachings about the, the divine virtues, love, kindness, acceptance, forgiveness, tolerance. By bringing these virtues in our life, we only invite sweetness in our heart. When there is sweetness in our heart, we are able to be more still by ourselves. We are not agitated. If we don't practice those divine virtues, we are constantly agitated. We need more stimulation constantly. And that's a bottomless pursuit. We are constantly looking for agitation. We are constantly looking for stimulation. New things, new things, new things. It's true. Today's talk is all about ekantadhan, being able to be by ourselves and look at it as a wealth. When we practice meditations, you know, in the beginning, I tell you sometimes, I share with whatever I know, even breathing in and breathing out. It's a, it's a step to come back to yourself. 
but something else happens while we start with these kind of practices. It's a way to bring the mind home to the breath that's coming and going. Still there is a movement happening. Mind is still attached with the movement and is occupied with an event. The next step after that is absolute stillness. You go beyond even the awareness of time. You enter actually in a timeless zone, but time is not linear. It exists. You connect with something much greater. So while you are meditating, just have this little knowledge in your mind that this is not all about what you are doing. Something else is happening in the back that you may not be aware, but something is happening. And there comes a time that if we are fortunate enough, maybe from this house of doing, we enter in that house of being. And from there, once we enter in the other house, then we connect with something that's good. I'm just giving a little glimpse into beyond meditation. So please look at your mind. The mind is constantly trying to acquire more knowledge or look for more stimulation. And if that's where we are all preoccupied with, then that's where we stay. But there is a possibility to connect with something much greater, much deeper. So leave that possibility open. Meditation is just a way to get somewhere. Meditation is not the destination. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope it made sense to you. And if it didn't, at least just remember one thing, the time that you have by yourself is very precious. It's a time for self-discovery. And there's a lot to discover about the self. The agitation that you may have because of some conflicts or some unfulfilled wishes and desires and whatever, remember, it will all go away that we take last breath. What is real that goes with us even after we take the last breath, that's what we need to contemplate upon. The pran, the life force within, without. When you're laying down or sitting down, you have a few moments to contemplate these things. <clears throat> Go beyond your mind-held ideas of what it should be, what it could be. Maybe there is no description. Mind likes some description, mind likes an idea, something to hold on to. It has no description. It is not supposed to be like anything. It could take any form or no form. So mind will become a little agitated in the beginning because it has nothing to hold on to. But if you just keep 
holding on to that, you'll see the mind settles down and something emerges. So patience, it requires little patience. The little irritation, little agitation in the mind will be there when you try to be by yourself and try to connect with it. You have to go beyond that. Just little patience, keep breathing, keep looking, keep doing whatever you are doing internally. You will very slowly move into the other house. A little patience. I know it's not an easy topic. Uh, usually we like to talk about our little problems and difficulties and this and that, but this goes beyond all that. All these problems and difficulties and mind-held ideas that we talk about are all going to be left behind. They all end in a moment. What lives forever which is not limited just to this body, needs to be explored, identified, acknowledged, and also know that we are that. Thank you for listening. I will be here if you have any questions or any thoughts. Uh, I'll welcome your thoughts. And after that, then you can greet each other. Thank you. Shana? Thank you, Babaji. Uh, if you have a question or would like to make a comment about Babaji's satsang, um, you can let me know by chatting me or Amy. Abhiji will take questions and comments. Okay, there's a question, Baba. You talk about the moments after the last breath. Can you explain what it is that continues and how does reincarnation work? The moment after the last breath. If there have been any unfulfilled wishes and desires, the soul kind of stays trapped in that. And it takes some time and some help from those who are left behind to help the soul move on. So this is why it's very important to really hold that in my mind that when I am closer to taking the last breath, may there be no regret, may there be no unfulfilled wish and desire. May I be able to tell myself, I have lived fully. I have lived what to my best, whatever I could. Even if I have not been so good, it's okay. That's all I was able to or capable of, or that's all I was given, and that's all I was able to do. So come to total acceptance of your life that you have lived and be totally open. So that is the moment that we all basically hope that we are there when that moment happens. And when the breath goes out in total acceptance, total readiness, 
total contentment. That's called nirvana, moksha. If we are caught up in unfulfilled wishes and desires and regrets, then we are, have to reincarnate. And reincarnation is not a reward, it's a punishment. <laughs> it's not a reward. Someone came to me once, oh, I love this idea of reincarnation, so I get to come back again. But the idea is not to come back. The idea is to merge with from where we have come and merge into it. Act of taking birth is act of separating from it. And separating from it is suffering. That's what Buddha said, life is suffering. Because we separate ourselves, we take birth. And in Christianity, so they say, you know, you're born a sinner. It's not that you are a sinner, it's the act of separation from that that is called sin. It's not really a sin, it's just missing the mark. Act of separation. Then we try the whole life to unite with it. And that effort is called yoga, union. How did I get here? Okay, so the incarnation. Incarnation happens because of some unfulfilled wish and desire. Even in the last moment, no matter how bad you have been, we have been, but even in the last moment, if that moment is acquired, total acceptance, total appreciation, total readiness, no guilt, no resentment, no complaint, that is the ticket to Nirvana, moksha, no incarnation. I speak as if I have experienced it, really not. It's something that I have acquired the knowledge by listening to my guru and listening to the scriptures and that's the, what makes sense to me. You're free to believe whatever you believe. But that's what I my thoughts are. There's several questions, Babaji. Uh, the next one is how do we know when we are really alone versus alone and distracted? Well, first is a physical aloneness, nobody's around. But if your mind is uh, caught up in somewhere, you're not really alone. It reminds me of the story of two monks who were walking by the, going there and they came to a river and there was a woman sitting there. One monk just picked her up and walked across the river and put her there and they went on. After an hour, the other guy looked at him and ah, it has a woman, we're not supposed to. He said, I left her by the river and you are still caring. So in our mind, just being alone physically is not alone. And this is why I gave you that little meditation that you are not really aware of anything. You just come back to yourself, come back to the center of your forehead and imagine the vastness in front of you. So those kind of, when our mind gets drawn to those things, then we are, we have separated ourselves from all the common problems that we think about throughout the day. When you begin to appreciate, really just, wow, this is a wonderful moment. What is in front of you, you're lost in it, then you should know you are truly alone. You look at the clouds and smile. Then you begin to move the clouds. Lost in that.
Thank you, Baba. Uh, next is how do we integrate the as aspect of Dharma and action with the state of just being? If we are called to act and respond, how do we then just be? Yeah, at least do this for half an hour and respond the other 15 and a half hours. So once you do this, at least for half an hour, an hour, just take a little time for yourself. You prepare yourself, you enrich yourself, you strengthen yourself to deal with what awaits you. So this is, doesn't take you, take you away from responding. Actually, it equips you to deal with whatever you have to deal with. We live, uh, we have this human body and we have reality that we have created for ourselves. So I'm not saying you run away from it, walk away from it, but do take a little time for this kind of self-discovery and self-strengthening. And then uh, what is the difference between acceptance and complacency? When you accept something, your heart, you can feel it in your heart, your heart smiles. And the other one is stuffed and you kind of like the story of sour grapes. You know? So that's a whole different experience. But if you really accept something for what is, there is a little smile in your heart. There is no charge, there is no bitterness, there is no uh, justification. You just accept it and you feel that smile in your heart. Uh, next, Baba, is pran within all creation? Yes. Is that a question or what is it? Yes, it seems to be a question. Pran within all creations. Is oh sorry, is it within all cre within all creation? Well, there is something that's inert, and then pran is usually in things that are um, alive in a sense. It's used in that sense, pran means that which is living. So there are certain, certain things living and certain things are not living. So pran is not there, but there is something pran and the energy that we talk about, the energy is into everything. Every particle has that charge, every molecule that the, the charge between the two polarities is there in everything. But when we talk about pran, then pran is usually used for those, that which is living. There are a couple more questions, Babaji. Uh, this one is, I'm in a time of life, I'm in a time of my life that I'm looking outside from me. It's a terrible feeling, but it happens. I believe that I need an embrace of somebody else outside me. How can I find a way to be able to embrace myself without the need to have it from someone else? That's the work that we all need to do. Trying to going out looking to embrace somebody else is a lot easier than trying than embracing the self. And once you have Embrace the self, need to embrace somebody from outside becomes much less. And all these practices of meditation, yoga, this kind of talk that I have given, it is towards uh, embracing the self. And on a psychological level, first you begin to look at yourself and find something that you can appreciate. That is a good quality in you. And just stay focused on that for a while. 
we all have something good in us. We all have some, um, those divine qualities in us. So look at that. Maybe there is only one, but don't neglect it. Yes, self-love is a big topic. Um, many people struggle with self-love. And the only way to go towards that is look towards one good quality that you do not doubt about. And keep reminding yourself that you are enriched, you are endowed with that quality. And that's the first step. And there is a whole system, you know, if you, after that, then there is a, you begin to do things that are good for your body and mind. And there is a nine point of daily routine that we talk about at the ashram. So those are the rituals of self-love. So it all works that way. Meditation. Thank you, Baba. Uh, if a bodhisattva takes a vow to return to earth to help continue life until all humanity has fulfilled this peace and developed their highest potential, is this a good obligation to take? Bodhisattva has no choice. So Bodhisattva, that's, um, yes, those enlightened beings, those who have reached that awareness. They do that. And if we become bodhisattva, then we have no choice. But right now, we have to work towards being a bodhisattva. There's one more question, Babaji. Uh, it says, to find joy and peace, uh, you talked about being alone but we live in this world with other people and connection with different people has to be part of our lives. How do we find the joy and peace when we are with others? If you can find joy and peace by being alone for half an hour every day, you'll find it easier to have that joy and peace with others. So this is why little carved out time for yoga and meditation and in total, totally, if it's carved out, means it's carved out. And when we do that, we prepare ourselves. We are enriched by our practices. And then we go out in the world, the joy within is shared with the joy outside. So it's not two separate things. This little time that we take out prepares us to go out and share them. It doesn't take away. It doesn't take over. Sadhana and Seva. These are the two principles of the teachings of the ashram. Sadhana means the whatever effort we make to connect with ourselves is called sadhana. And our true nature is we are absolutely whole, complete, full unto ourselves. If we connect, we connect with that part of the self through our sadhana, our spiritual practice. Once we have connected with our fullness, we go out in the world that fullness overflows. And that fullness overflowing is seva, selfless service. We get in conflict only because there is some kind of emptiness that we want to fill it from outside. But if it's full, there is no more place for it to be coming from outside, then it just shares the fullness overflows. That's Seva. 
practice it. Sometimes you are out in the world and just imagine I really don't need anything from this. What can I give? What can I do? How can I make this world a little better? And that is the life of Seva. Thank you all very much. It's a beautiful day. Um, I'm at Upasana right now. It's a little chilly, but the sun has come out after rain. And uh, Navaratri is coming on April 1st. So those of you who are practicing your month. April 1st. Oh, we're going to be away. April 1st. Be away, but don't go away from yourself. Thank you all very much. Have a wonderful week. And the assignment for the week, if you have been irritated with those next to you, that happens. Usually the people who are closest to us, we get irritated. In your private moment, just find a little time to appreciate them without telling them that I appreciated you. Just Hold that in your heart, that they are in your life. Why they are in your life, just appreciate. But without telling them that you appreciate it. Thank you all very much.